Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Hallelujah. Let's have Miss Rojas give that out. For I would desire for your heart to be filled with joy and gladness this day for the things that I have prepared for you from the very foundation of the earth. For my plans and my purposes for you are great and they're many. So begin to worship and praise me in advance for the things that I've spoken to your heart, the things that I've said to you, and realize that it is on the way. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. It's always good to be in Texas, wherever that might be. I've said for years, if Texas secedes, I'm going with them. But right now, I'm living in Oklahoma, and, and I, we don't hold that against each other. It's great to be back. I uh, sure love this church, and, and uh, that was entertaining. Uh, can we play that video announcement thing again? Just... I could just, where's Mr. Chris, anyway? And where's Grover? Who did the... Who? who? You did it? I don't know. You, you guys may want to get in the production business. Uh, that was awesome. Sure appreciate seeing all of you and all my good friends. And um, I've... Go, pretty far back with Roland. It seems like uh, I come and preach when your pastor's gone, and I'll try not to take that personally, but I uh, sure do love this church, and and uh, we, you know, Roland and I, there's nothing I wouldn't do for him, nothing he wouldn't do for me, and we've been going around doing nothing for each other for years, <laughs> so I had to use that one. Well, I'm going to be done by 11.40, they told me, so we have 12 minutes. Uh, no, I'm kidding. We're going to pray here in just a second and get into the Word, but uh, I'm excited to be here. Uh, I've been traveling now for 25 years and, and gone all over the country. I, don't, I, don't, I haven't been to Ireland 37 times. There are Irish people that haven't been to Ireland 37 <laughs> times. Uh, that's quite a feat, uh, but uh, uh, it's just been a, a long, uh, wonderful experience to serve God and, and to, to, to preach all over the world, and, and I base in Tulsa. My pastor is Mark Brzee, which you know, and, and uh, they sent me word from Ireland because they were with your pastor there, along with Pastor Sam Carr, that I should make this announcement, and so, um, and so I will. There's, we have a Bible school in our church and it's been gone for 15 years or so. And, and uh, they asked me if I would take the evening classes during the week. And uh, so I'm going to do that this next year. And we're going to emphasize or focus on revival. And uh, that's been something that's been passionate, uh, that I've been passionate about for 25 years. And I haven't had the right format or really a good way to express that. Obviously, if you come to a church like this for a day, it's hard to go very far on in, in anything. And so we're going to have Bible school classes, but we're going to spend at least a third of the time 
talking about revival, praying for revival, flowing in the Spirit, and worshiping God, and doing some of the things that, that really caused revival to happen in, in, in years past. So, uh, very, very excited about that, and it's just uh, the, the night classes are Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights, and so I can still travel uh, a lot of the week, and it won't affect that, uh, but when I'm home, I'll be able to really focus and press in and in Bible school. So, if, um, if that's something you're interested in, I was, I was um, commanded to announce this to you. <laughs> By, by my pastor's wife, and uh, and so we have one of your one of your members coming to school, and it's Natalie. Would you stand, Natalie, and wave at everybody? And so uh, I think it's going to be a great year. I think it was a good. Uh, I, I believe she heard from God. It's going to be. It's a smaller school, you know, probably thirty, forty people. But we're going to press in and seek God. And and you know what's come keeps coming to me, and I may deal with this tonight. God has moved throughout history in massive revivals, and I believe it's time for another one. And I've wanted that and sought that, hungered for that for years. But it seems to me, at least for us, it's time to quit talking about it and start doing something about it. And I'm so excited. I don't think there's anything better you can do for your country or for our generation than to pray right now and pray for a mighty move of God to visit this nation again. Um, The news isn't getting any better and so it's time to quit looking to Washington to fix everything. And let's have a, a grassroots move of the Holy Ghost that comes out of nowhere, that catches them all by surprise and brings in multitudes. God's done it before. He can do it again. Amen. And so um, we're very, very excited about that. And so I may share some of that tonight. You know, Galveston has a history. I was reading about the turn of the century, the 1900s, and uh, God moved in this place and, and uh, also in Houston, but, but specifically in Galveston. And so I may share some of that tonight. And uh, just we may just get stirred up in this area of revival and harvest tonight. And we may lay hands on folks and, and just believe God for a spirit of prayer and uh, a spirit of supplication. And once that takes hold, it's all, it's all over for the devil. Because when the church starts praying, they get what they want. The church gets what the church wants. Amen. All right, well, uh, why don't you do this? Let's stand together and we're going to pray. And I'm going to share a word here that um, I have a new series, but it's not ready yet. So I'll just give you as much as I can of it. But I had just entitled it, Stay Out of My Garden. And uh, I'll explain that in, in a few minutes. But let's pray, and then we'll get into that. Father, thank you for the word. Speak to us today. Lead us and guide us into the truths that you have for us. And open our hearts, Lord, that the seed of the word of God would be planted, that we would be hearers of it, and, and that it would bear fruit in our lives. We just thank you so much right now for all you're doing in this church. We thank you for the land and the building that's on its way. And we just give you praise ahead of time that you're going to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. We give you praise and thanksgiving for what you're doing today here in this service and even tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. And you can be seated and turn with me to Mark chapter 4. And uh, as you're turning there, I, w- I just want to remind you that we have church tonight. And we had church already this morning. We had church at 8.30 this morning. I remember when you only had one service on Saturdays. When I accepted this invitation, I thought you still had one service on, on Sunday. 
and uh, then it was too late, so here we are. Um, second, I, listen, I was here at 8.30. I don't preach at 8.30 in the morning. Uh, so we were here having church, and uh, then we stopped, and I had time. I, I went to Walmart and shopped. I did. I had an hour and a half. Uh, I don't know what y'all were doing, but there's a long time in between. Uh, Sunday school, I think. Um, but they told me that they were more spiritual than you at the 830 service, that, that all those spiritual lightweights come out at 10, 1045. So uh, I just wanted to check with you and see, if, do you want the full load or do you need the, 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 the lights, the fluffy stuff? Okay, all right, all right. All right, so Mark chapter 4, Jesus told a parable. I'm just going to start here reading in verse 3. Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed, as he, uh, it, it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. And when the sun was up, it was scorched because it had no root. It withered away. Some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced, some thirtyfold, some sixty, some a hundred. And then he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. In verse uh, um, Verse 10, when he was alone, those around him with, with the twelve asked him about the parable. Now skip down to verse 13. And he said, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? So this, sower, the, 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 this parable of the sower and the seed is very important to understanding how the kingdom works. That's why Jesus said, if you don't understand this one, then how are you going to get the rest of them? This one is foundational. This one is how the kingdom operates. Everything relates to this one. And you need to understand this parable. Well, if they needed to understand it, then we do. Then he began to explain it to them. But before I get into his explanation, the parable is really made up of three different parts or three characters. One is the sower. The other is the word. And the, other, and the other is the ground. So there's the sower, which is the preacher. And then there's the seed, or the word of God, which is the seed. And then there's the ground, which would be the hearer. And if you're a, a hearer, if you're a, a, a Christian, then you qualify as ground. In fact, anybody would qualify as ground. And what we want is to be good ground. Can you say amen? We want to bear fruit. We want to see fruit multiplied in our lives. And so uh, Jesus said this in verse 14. He said the sower, he's explaining it now. He said the sower sows the word. And these are the ones sown by the wayside where the word is sown. And when they hear Satan comes immediately and he takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. So one group uh, they didn't produce because Satan just took the word instantly. Then in verse 16, there are those that are sown on stony ground. When they hear the word, they receive it with gladness. They have no root. They endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. So they start to have some fruit and then it's, it's, it's stopped in the mid-process. Then there's a third group. And these are those that are so, uh, 
this is verse 18. Now those are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Then the fourth type of ground is good ground. Everybody say, I'm good ground. These are those who hear the word and they accept it. And they bear fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. So uh, the, the, these three characters or three areas are very important. First of all, there's the sower. The least important of all is, would be the sower. Anybody can be a sower. That would be the preacher or the person who delivers the word. Many times we put more emphasis on the preacher than we do on the word. And when you do that, sometimes you can get stuff that's not even the word. We as Christians need to know when we're getting the word and when we're not. We need to be very attentive and very, uh, very sensitive because if you're going to produce fruit, you've got to have the word of God. If you have a garden and you don't plant any seeds, you're not going to have any fruit. No matter how well you take care of the soil, in order to really bear fruit, you have to sow seeds. And the, the, so if the sower is not sowing seed, sometimes when you sow seed, there's a, there's a little bit of persecution. There's some resistance. There may be some disagreement. There may be, you know, arguments. And, and we've got to... I just look back and thank God for the pioneers who preached the word of God when it wasn't popular. For those that preached the Holy Ghost when it wasn't popular. I thank God for those that have, have really borne the heat of the day and brought the full gospel message forward. And it's time for us to take it on to the next generation. But, but the, the, if the sower doesn't sow the word, then the process never can begin. So Paul said it this way. He said, I planted and Apollos watered, but it's God. Everybody say it's God. It's God that gives the increase. God is the one that really makes it work, not man. And so he went on to say, he that sows is nothing and he that waters nothing, but it's God. God is what's important. God's word is what's important. So you could say it this way. Sowers, preachers come in all shapes and sizes. And it's really not as important to what they look like, their personality or their delivery. What's most important is what they're delivering. We must not allow the gospel message to be hijacked or the word of God to be hijacked. Thank God for his word. Everybody say, give me the word. word. Say, preacher, Preacher. preach the word. And that's what Paul told Timothy was to preach the word. It's important that we preach God's word because God's word is what's going to make the difference in the lives of people. Not opinions, not good stories or jokes, and we do all that, but really what's going to change lives. And if you think about it, this service right here, we had a wonderful worship time. We had announcements. We took care of business. We did offerings. But really, it's focused mostly on this portion of the why because this is when seeds are sown and that's what's going to change your life the seeds of God's word that have been sown in your life in the past have changed your life more than anything you've ever done more than anything you've ever experienced it's those seeds if you think of it this way did you know we could have an altar service but there would be nothing to gain nothing to do down here if it wasn't for the seeds of God's word altar services are to plant and harvest the Word of God. Did you ever think about that? There would be nothing to pray about 
if it wasn't for the word of God. When we come forward, we're acting on a word, a promise from God. We're coming to get something that God's already promised us. The kingdom of God is built on God's word. That's the way it was supposed to be. That's the way it is. And we've got to learn how to rightly relate to the word of God and allow the word to be in us and to us what it's supposed to be. The sower sows the word. One of the tactics of the enemy is to get you mad at the preacher. Because once you get mad at the preacher, he can't sow into your life anymore. And what's his ultimate goal is to get you mad at all preachers. Just, you just get mad at all preachers and people. How many of you know people that are just mad at all preachers? Well, that, that, that plays right into the devil's hands because he's trying to cut people off from the word. He doesn't want the word to be sown. And if he can cut off that sower from the ground, then there won't be any more seed sown. It's, it shuts down the process. Can I just say that preachers are not your problem? There are a lot of problems in the world and there are some bad preachers. I understand that, but they're not your problem. I'm going to let that sink in for just a minute since I am one. And I know you, maybe you've been hurt by a preacher. Maybe you've been offended by a preacher. They'd make mistakes like everyone else. But the point is you can't allow any kind of offense to stop the word of God from being sown in your heart. That's your lifeline. This is how God intends the kingdom to work is the sower sows the word. How many of you have gotten words from God that have changed your life? Well, there's more. More to come. Thank God for the, the word of God and how he works with the word. So we've talked a little bit about the sower. I'm going to move on and spend the rest of my time. Now you want to be good ground. You don't want to be stony ground. You don't want to be, you know, thorny ground. You want to be good ground. And so that's another sermon in itself. But what I want to talk to you about is the word. Because it's the word that makes it all work. It's the word of God that's alive and powerful. It's the word of God that gives us something. Something to say. It's the word of God that gives us good news. It's the word of God that gives us a future and a hope. It's God's word that has shown us where we came from and who we are and where we're going. All these answers to mysteries that man can't answer. It's all in the word of God. It's the word of God that's eternal. It's the word of God that's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's the word of God that lives and abides forever. Heaven and earth will pass away, God said, but my word shall never pass away. Way. It is eternal. It's just as fresh and new and real today as the day God spoke it. And it will never go out of style. And it will never get uh, tarnished. And it will never fade away. And it will never grow weak. God's word is as strong as God himself. Jesus is the word made flesh. Thank God the most important thing, the only thing worth preaching anymore is the word of God. And we've got plenty of it. There's plenty of word to go around. Thank God for his word. So I want to talk first about, about the power of a seed. And, and this, is, this has to do with this whole parable. But the power of a seed is incredible. In fact, you can even relate it to a natural seed. Seeds are important. To, to life. Seeds are important. In fact, everything that you see that's alive came from a seed. God is into seeds and harvest. That's how the world works and that's how the kingdom works. Except in the kingdom, the Bible says you are born again by the incorruptible seed of God's word. 
Incorruptible means it doesn't perish, it doesn't corrupt. In fact, it's 100% effective. And there are, I understand, when you go buy seeds, there's a germination rate. They rate them. 80%, 90% germination rate. But in God's word, his word is 100% germination rate. There is no problem with the word of God. When it's planted, it will sprout, it will grow up, it will produce if the right conditions are met. God's word works. Everybody say it with me. God's word works works and it will work in your life. That's why we take time out of our day to come here and hear someone talk. This isn't just a pep talk. This isn't a pep rally. I'm not just giving you information, but I'm giving you the word of God. And these words are planted in the soil of your heart and they will grow. And if you've heard these words before, then I'm watering. But God himself will give the increase. That word grows up and it begins to produce in your life. It changes you from the inside out. The kingdom of God is supposed to work this way. Acts 19.20, if you want to write these down. Paul was preaching in Ephesus, and the, 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 the summary of his work there was this. And the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. Did you know if you just stay with the word, it will prevail? If you stay with the word, stay with the word, stay with the word, it will prevail. And every time I read this scripture, I think of an asphalt parking lot or a sidewalk Different examples that I've seen, it seems to be so permanent. It seems to be so deeply rooted and, and immovable. But you let a crack develop in a sidewalk or in, a, in an asphalt parking lot and a little soil collect there. <clears throat> Have you ever seen that happen and a seed gets lodged in there and that seed starts to sprout and grow? And do you know if it's not dealt with, those seeds will reclaim a parking lot. They'll reclaim a sidewalk. It's small and it's insignificant looking, but what happens is miraculous when a seed is planted. Can you say amen? amen. The word of the Lord will prevail in your life. It says in Mark 4, as he gives many different analogies of the seed, that, 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 the, that the word of God is like, the kingdom is like a mustard seed. That is the least of all seeds. But when it's planted, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all herbs. It's amazing what God's word has done in your life already. Most of you have jobs, families. You have other activities outside of church. And we come to church a few hours a week. But look at the change that has been wrought in our lives just by that little mustard seed worth of, 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 of seed and time that we've put into it. Look what God has done. And eventually, God's kingdom, the words that's sown in your heart and life, is going gonna, is gonna to overtake every other thing in your life. Your job's going to pass away. Your, this life's going to pass away. The things you've accumulated are going to pass away. But the kingdom of God and the promises of God are going to be true and manifested in your life throughout eternity and it started as a little seed just from a little preacher a little servant of God somewhere that preached the word and you heard it seed sowers can you see it the word going forth is seed and it lodges in hearts 
here and there, and it begins to sprout and grow, and the change begins. Praise God. Aren't you glad? If you see this, you can understand how the gospel, how the kingdom operates. It operates on the seed principle, and at the heart of it all is the word of God. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. You see, it pleased God to take the blessings that he had in heaven and put them in seed form in the Bible. It's, it's so important. The, the, the seed time, the seed principle is so important that the world functions on it every single day. You could take a forest and burn it to the ground and there'll be nothing left but ashes. And in weeks time, months time, there's little seedlings that begin to sprout up and green appears. And before long, it's a forest again. Why? It's the power of seeds. You can kill the trees, but you can't kill the seeds. You can get rid of the preacher, but you can't get rid of the message. You can kill the manifestation, but you'll never get the, the seed because the world has been seeded permanently by the word of God. It's here to stay. It's not going away. Praise God. He gave his word from heaven and it, and it will not return void and it will not go away. It's here and it's here for good. And so I said this morning, poor devil. He's trying to eradicate the word of God and he can't do it. There's no way to get rid of it. It'd be easier to keep weeds off the face of the earth than it would be to keep the word of God out of the hearts of people. It's not going to happen. It's too late. The genie's out of the bottle. God spoke from heaven. He seated the world with salvation. The salvation message is here. You can wipe out every preacher on the face of the earth and the salvation message remains. The healing message is here. The Holy Ghost miracle message is here. The message of prosperity is here. The message of victory is here. And it's not going away. God's word is eternal. And it's here to stay. And I always give this illustration, but there was a time, they call them the dark ages, when the word of God was, was kept behind temple walls and nobody could read it except the very educated and it was up to them to take it from Latin and put it into the language of the people and they didn't do a very good job of it. Satan thought he had won. He thought he had the word of God bottled up. You can't bottle up the word of God. And one seed came over the wall and lodged in the heart of a man named Martin Luther. And the seed was the just shall live by faith. And it grew and it changed the world. And the world still changed because of it. Well, there's more seeds floating around out there. How many of you have gotten some? Thank God for supernatural seeds. Thank God for the gifts of the Spirit and the message of the Holy Ghost and the, and the full gospel message that we believe and preach and practice. It all came through seeds. Seeds that can't be stopped. Seeds that can't be eradicated. Thank God for the Word. Amen. I can go anywhere in the world and I don't have to take a barge or a container full of salvation and another container full of healing and another container full of Holy Ghost gifts. All I got to do is take the word, plant the seed, and what happened here will happen there. What's happened to you will happen to other people. Why? Because it comes to them the same way it came to you. It's an ingenious method, really. 
It's ingenious. God reduced his blessings down to seed form, put them in a book. And he said, you put it in your heart, and then you go put it in somebody else's heart. And it's the way the gospel message, the gospel blessings, the kingdom blessings, it's the way they're transmitted. It's the way they're carried. It's the way they go from generation to generation. It's the way they go from nation to nation. You can't stop the word. How many of you believe God knew it? God counted on it. And it's a good system. It's a great system. God's word is powerful. The value of a seed. Now, 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 now we're going to get into it. And I'm going to come down here. The, you, you can't overestimate the value of a seed. And here's the, here's the key. In order to appreciate the kingdom, you've got to understand this parable. In order to appreciate the way God is going to work with you, he's going to always work with you through his word. If the Holy Ghost moves on you and does something supernatural, instantaneous, it's going to be the result of God's word. God's not going to go beyond his word. He's not making up new words. There's not a new Bible. There's the Old and New Testament. It's done. It's complete. He's not going to add to it. He's not going to take away from it. So, so that's, that's, you know, that's rock solid. That's a foundational. And so if you understand that, then you can cooperate with God and you can work with God. The value of a seed is of utmost importance. It's so important that you appreciate it when you receive the seed of God's word. Because really, nothing is more underwhelming than gardening. I mean, if you think about it, and, and, and we've come beyond, way beyond an agricultural society. Everything's fast. I mean, one of the things that, that dawned on me one day as I was sitting in my recliner with my five remotes, <laughs> and my flat screen TV on the wall, high def, and I'm sitting there in the air conditioning, and I'm watching a commercial of Burger King, and there's a Whopper with cheese on the screen that's bigger than me because it's a big, you know, I mean, it's a life-size Whopper that could eat me. And you're, you're sitting there and you're looking at this thing and knowing that from my house in 10 minutes, I could be eating one of those. I could be eating a Whopper in 10 minutes. And sometimes it gets a hold of me. And it's no longer a dream. <laughs> I can get in my car, my automobile, and drive my... I don't even have to walk. I can drive fast to Burger King, order the Whopper, and have it my way, hot and ready, and eat it. And, and I just saw it on the screen just a few minutes ago. That, that is so far from an agricultural society that, that you, you, you know... A hundred years ago, you don't, there was no Whopper, but, but if you thought about eating beef, you had to go catch the cow. If you thought ahead far enough to raise a cow, you got to go catch him. And then what? I don't even want to talk about it because it's PG-13, and I, I don't, I don't want to know what they do. to Just give me the Whopper. I don't want to deal with cow guts and whatnot. Are you with me? We have lost sight of the value of a seed. We, we don't understand it anymore. We're instant. We want it and we want it now. 
And that's, and, and that's not a, an insult. You know, our forefathers went to a lot of trouble to make it possible for us to have the things that we have. And I wouldn't want to go back to days before air conditioning and a lot of things. Thank God for all that. But, but you understand the principles in the word, they, they haven't evolved. They're the same as they always were, the same as they'll always be. And we got to connect with God the way he has chosen to connect with us. And there is no instant have it your way miracles in the Bible. There's no microwaving your way to victory. There's no instantaneous success. It comes the old fashioned way where you plant the seed, you stamp it down, you water it, you fertilize it and you get a harvest and sometimes it takes a day and sometimes it takes a a year and sometimes a decade but God works through his word he works through his word And, and if you don't understand the value of a seed you can miss the importance of what's going on right now I've had healing meetings where I'd go and just preach healing, and that's the focus of the whole meeting. And, and, and I would do three or four days, and I would tell them, I'm going to teach on healing Sunday morning. I'm going to teach on healing Sunday night. I'm going to teach on healing Monday night. I'm not going to pray for anybody till after Tuesday. Why? Because I want to sow, I want to water, and the results are much better if you wait. But we're in America, and I've had more than one pastor and people get mad at me because they don't want to hear all the preaching. They just want their miracle. Give me my healing and I I got things to do. I want you to pray for me tonight, Sunday, and I want it now. Well, you know what? I'm not going to pray for you tonight. Well, then I'm not coming back. You, You understand the mentality. They don't understand the whole, they don't get this parable. This is how the kingdom works. The sower sows the word. And the word's planted in good soil. And the word grows and it bears fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100. Are you getting this? So so we want our miracles prepackaged. We want some kind of Costco warehouse miracle center where we can just be a member by joining up to church and then just take our card and just sign in and say, I'll take this, this, and this, and I'd like you to take it to my car if you would. <laughs> Are you with me? Yeah, yeah. But, but, but in this case, it, it didn't evolve with technology. You got to go back to the good old days where they preached, they heard, they believed, they embraced, they confessed, and they received by faith. It's the old-fashioned way. The key is, is the word, the seed of the word of God. So what happens is you come, you come to church, and, and here's, the, here's what's going to really open your eyes to this whole process. You come to church, and you're expecting a miracle. You need a miracle. You want a miracle. You know God does miracles. And instead of getting a full-blown, instantaneous miracle with a bow on it, you get a word. Well, I don't want to listen to another sermon. I need an answer. No, that is your answer. You see, as a sower, I can't always give you a full-blown, instantaneous, fully manifested miracle. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it's boom, seed time harvest, like that, but not always. 
And what I've noticed is the more mature we get in the things of God, the less that happens. So I can't always give you that miracle packaged and wrapped. But I can always, always give you the seed. Always. And when we understand the value of a seed, we'd be just as happy with the seed as we are with the miracle. Are you with me? But what happens is when people despise the seed, it's not exciting, it's not thrilling, it's, it's kind of boring, it takes a while, it's a, there's a process involved. And I don't mind telling you, I do not like gardening. I don't like it. My dad used to make us go out in the summer and spring with a shovel, not a tiller, a shovel. You ever tried to prepare a garden with a shovel? I mean, that was like cruel and unusual punishment. It's like, go shovel that dirt. Are you kidding? There's grass on top of it, you know, thick grass. You dig it and you turn it over and you break it up. And then the neighbor had a tiller. So I had to go by his house and watch him, you know. But many, many a spring, we did get a patch of garden turned over and we went out and planted the seeds. And then it got July hot and I watched many a garden from the window grow up in weeds and 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 I saw the plants that we planted get smothered and choked away by the weeds not exciting not not fun in that sense fun is six flags that's fun you know I know what fun is. I'm an American. I, I, I have a major in fun. I know fun. And, and gardening's not fun. It's not even, I mean, you, you see what I'm saying? But, but in the kingdom, you can't go away from it. You've got to get back to those ways because that's how the kingdom operates. It's the word. It's seed time and harvest. It's, it's a harvest on the word of God that's sown. I said it this way, uh, if you came to church because you heard I made the best apple pies and you thought, you know what, I love apple pies and I heard the preachers giving away apple pies and you came to church and when the invitation was given, you came forward because you expected to get your apple pie and instead of an apple pie, I give you a little bag full of plastic, a plastic bag full of apple seeds you might be a little disappointed, wouldn't you? You might think, this is a dirty trick. You give me apple seeds. Do you realize the time involved in this? i got to grow an apple tree? How long does it take an apple tree to grow? I mean, are you kidding me? Take your seeds back. Give me an apple pie. But, but here's the thing. Here's the, here's the difference. If you come here and I give you an apple pie... I know what you're going to do. You're going to go home and eat it. And when you get done with it, if you're ever going to have another one, you're going to have to come back to me. Now, some preachers like that. Come unto me. But God doesn't. God's highest and best is for you to take the apple seeds. Because in reality, if you take the apple seeds, 
You can have all the apples you'll ever eat for the rest of your life. If you take the apple pie, you're just going to have a few moments of pleasure followed by guilt and fat. You know what I'm talking about. But if you take the apple seeds, you can go into the apple business. And that's what God wants for his people. He doesn't want you dependent on a man. He doesn't want a man, a normal man other than Jesus himself, the man. But he doesn't want you dependent on a preacher or dependent on somebody else or have to get your miracle secondhand. He wants you to take the word and take the word home and take the word to work and take the word to bed with you at night and to grow and cause it to grow and produce fruit in your life so that you are an apple expert so that anybody that wants apples comes to you. You don't go around begging. We are... We we are more than enough. We serve a God that's a God of abundance and he wants us to have more than we need in every area. He doesn't want us running around begging for some miracle to get through the next week. He'll do that for a period of time, but at some point he wants you to become efficient in planning the word of God. And, and so... I got to throw this in because I'm dealing with this whole subject of, of gardening and seeds, and I'm thinking there's no way an American is going to be attracted to this message. I did a whole series on this, and I'm thinking nobody's going to buy it. I mean, what are you going to put on there? Dirt? <laughs> or a bag of seeds? You know, or, you know, gardening is fun. Yeah, that's not even true. So what, what do you... So, I mean, what, so, so what I, so, so what I decided, I, I was thinking about it, and I realized this peculiar aspect of gardening, and this is, this is how the kingdom works. So get this. If you go out in your backyard and you dig up a spot of ground for a garden, do you know what's going to grow there? Whatever you plant. And if you go plant all green beans, if that's all you plant, that's what you're going to get. It's not because God wants to bless you with green beans and nothing else. It's just because that's what you plant. That's what you get. Well, it wouldn't be right then if, if I dig up my garden and I go out and I say, you know what? I want to plant green beans, but I want some corn. I want tomatoes. I want okra. I want, I want lunch. Are we going to lunch? So I got all these vegetables in my garden. It wouldn't be fair for somebody who has 10 rows of green bean, that's all they have, to come over to my garden and say, you know what? God does not do tomatoes anymore. They've passed away with the last apostle. And corn is not the will of God. You know why? Because I've been gardening for years. And nobody's got a better garden than me. And nobody's got more fertile soil than me. And nobody loves gardening more than I do. And all I've got is green beans. That's all God does is green beans. Are you with me? No, God does more than that. And it doesn't mean he loves me more than he loves them. And maybe they have been there longer. And maybe they have done a better job. And they might be better people. But I got more vegetables. Because I planted more vegetables. But what always gets me is these same people, they don't want to plant corn. Fine, don't plant corn. They don't want to plant tomatoes. Don't plant tomatoes. 
Is anybody getting, do I need to connect the dots here? <laughs> they, all they have is salvation in their garden. That's all they believe God does is save sinners. That's it. That's all he does. No, I believe he does more than that. So I got a row of salvation. How many of you got your salvation going? I'm going to have that. But I also got me some prosperity, and I got me some Holy Ghost miracles, and I got me some gifts of the Spirit, and I got some victory, and I got some divine healing. I got a lot of healing. I got healing canned in the, in the cupboard. I keep plenty of healing on hand, but, and they don't have it, and, but, but, but it's not enough, see. I don't go over and criticize their garden, but they want to come over and try to pull up my, pull up my rows. Well, God doesn't do that anymore. So my message is stay out of my garden. You do your garden, let me do my garden. I don't criticize your garden, don't criticize my garden. Amen. Stay out of my garden. So I named the new series, Stay Out of My Garden. But we've already read this, the parable. The devil's going to be there trying to pull a seed up. He's tried to do it. He didn't get it. And, and I've kept it free from weeds and thorns. And I've kept it fertilized and watered. And now all I need is you to come tell me it's not. For, I, no, I, I'm not going just, to just stay out of my garden. I believe that God does healing today. And I've planted healing seeds in my life. I believe that God does that God wants his children to walk in victory. How many of you believe that? I believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues, and I believe it's for today. And I've had people try to come to my garden and pull that up. They, that's not for today. You've got to pull all that up. No, you stay out of my garden. Go eat your green beans. Leave my stuff alone. Isn't it interesting that where healing is preached, God does healing? Sounds like seed time and harvest. And these other folks, and I feel bad for them, and, and it's no reflection on their spiritual value. God loves all of his people. But, but, but look, they, they don't preach healing, and then they, they, they surmise that God must not heal because he doesn't heal in our church. And since he doesn't heal in our church, then he doesn't heal. So we don't preach healing, and then they don't preach healing, and then God doesn't heal. And then they, they just take that to mean, well, it's not for today, because if it was for today, surely it would be in our church. Not if you didn't plan it. You can't talk against it and expect it to happen. You don't get a harvest where you didn't plant a seed. I'm just thankful I grew up Methodist. We were like blank, a blank slate. Just <laughs> Nice people, though. We, we weren't mad at anybody. We weren't fighting anybody. Just nice folks and, and, and just had a garden that was totally empty. Nothing in it. Just nothing. And so I had plenty of room. They came along and said, there's the baptism and the Holy Ghost. I said, count me down. I want that one. I, I like that. I don't know what it is, but give me one. And I, and I got that. And then they said, God wants to prosper you. I said, I'm not going to fight with that either. Let's just dig that furrow right now. We'll get that planted. I'll take some prosperity. And God wants you to overcome. Good, good. I got room for that. Put that right there. I want to overcome. The value of a seed. Thank God for men and women of God that refused to compromise and kept preaching it even if nobody liked it. Even if most of the ground was bad ground, at least they kept doing it until it got to us. Thank God for the full gospel, for the word of God that's been preached down through the ages. When it came, when it came my way, it took root. How about you? So don't be upset. 
And when you come for a miracle and you get a word. There's a story about Jack and the Beanstalk. I'm not going to, I don't really know that one very well. Forgot which book that's in of, of the Bible. But anyway, <laughs> Jack went out and came back with a bag of seeds, I think is what happened. And his mom was mad at him. Don't be surprised if you come looking for a miracle and you come home with a bag of seeds. That's all right. Remember the centurion? He said, Lord, my servant is sick unto death. And Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. He said, no, no, that's not necessary. Just give me a seed. Just a word and my servant will be healed. And what did Jesus say? That's, boy, that's faith right there. He said, I haven't found that kind of faith in all of Israel. That's, that, that's how it works. That's how it works right there. I'll give you a word. I can give you, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give the whole world words and they've got to be able to take those words and, and possess the blessing. When you're a baby Christian, things happen. You come to the front, things happen. You get healed on the way down. You think, boy, that preacher's anointed. Wow. And then you serve God about 10 years. I've seen it. He just ain't got it anymore. I don't know what's happened to him. I mean, he used to pray for me. Man, oh, man. But he's just getting old, I guess. I mean, you know. Some people got it, and then they lose it. I don't know. And then the evangelist, he don't have it either. I tried them out. No, maybe you need to take the seed home and get it the old-fashioned way, the way that always works, the way you got saved, the way you got filled to begin with. Take the Word of God. When God sent Israel into the promised land, do you know what formidable weapon he gave them to take the land? Did you know the land was filled with giants and cities with walls around them? And Abraham had been promised by God, that's your land. And they came out of, 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 of Egypt and it was time to take the land. And I don't know if they really had put it all together in their minds, you know, that that's your land, but it's inhabited by giants with weapons, mean giants. And you're going to go over and take their land. It's not going to be pretty. It's not like, oh, okay, we, we've been waiting for you. Come on. No, they're going to fight. What weapon, what, what modern technology did they have in order to take that land from those giants? What did they have? A promise. And it threw them off because they thought there's no way that we, short little Jewish people that have been making bricks for 400 years are going to go take that land away from these trained warriors that are nine feet tall. There's no way we could, you know, maybe if we have a modern army, some F-16s, some shoulder-fired rocket grenades, maybe. But all we got is a promise? Well, it depends on who made the promise. That generation missed out on it because they didn't think it was enough. And the next generation said, we have a promise from God. Oh, it's over. It's over. We got it. It's done. It's ours. We got it. All we needed was a word from God. That's all we need. Oh, when's the church going to get back to that day where I don't need a manifestation? The old centurion, he, he was about to have a visitation from Jesus. 
Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. And he said, you don't have to. I would have said, what time? <laughs> Give me time to get my friends together. Jesus is coming to my house. He's going to do a miracle in my house. But the centurion said, no, 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 no. I don't need a visitation. How many Pentecostal folks say that? I don't need a goosebump. I don't need to see a vision. I don't need to feel a hand on my head. All I need is a word. One word from God. I'll get my miracle. Didn't that please the Lord? Well, it pleases him when you do it too. It pleases him when you say it. All I need is a word. Sometimes, listen, the reason I preach this whole message is this point right here. Sometimes that's all you're going to get. But always that's enough. Are you with me? Sometimes a word from God's all you're going to get. But it's always enough, more than enough. I love the instant manifestations. I like it. I love it. I love to see things happen. And God will do that to, just to make sure everybody knows he's still God. But there are times when you're going to have to stand on the word. That's all right. There are times when you're going to have to praise God for the word. That's okay. There are times when you're going to have to remind yourself of what God said in his word and embrace it and confess it. And that's fine. It always works. Amen. Amen. Did you get anything out of that? Yes. Are you going to protect your garden? Yes. Grow your garden? Expand your garden? Yes. And then tell everybody, stay out of my garden. <laughs> Leave my garden alone. Go get in your own garden. Amen. Praise the Lord. Would you stand with me? Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.